0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. Welcome in, everybody. Yes, indeed. It's the podcast that's sweeping the nation. Another episode of One Man's Opinion. Thank you, one and all. Thank you all for tuning in, making it a part of your day. Thank you for downloading and liking, favoriting, subscribing, commenting, whatever it is, wherever you're downloading this podcast from. I do so appreciate it. We appreciate it here at One Man's Opinion. We will continue these episodes. As always, folks, we are actually, like, moving on in the world. It is... uh, Getting towards the nitty-gritty here of, uh, you know, our third season of One Man's Opinion. So, uh, pretty excited about that upcoming. As a matter of fact, this is episode 147, and we got a lot to talk about here today, in case you're just stumbling on for the first time. My name is Jeff Mance. So you could hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I host a little program called Elite Sports, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, Although starting, we actually have a start date. I could announce it officially. February 14th, yes, Valentine's Day. We will be moving 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time, so one hour later than we have been over the last six months. That's our old time slot, so it's not really that big of a shakeup or a move. But uh, remember that the SXM app, if you're listening to this podcast on the app, you already know. You can listen to the show anytime you like. But that's what we'll be doing. Why does it start on a Tuesday and not a Monday after the Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't make all the decisions, but that's you know, that's what we're doing. So you can hear me on there, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio on that program. You will find me, I'm part owner and chief content officer over at fantasyguru.com. Everything you need in the world for fantasy sports, for betting on sports, daily fantasy sports. Everything, data, shows, media, programming, uh, Discord, uh, optimizers, rankings, and projections and tools. And everything you need is at fantasyguru.com for any sport, whether that's NHL, NBA, baseball, fantasy baseball draft guide is live over there on the site right now as we speak. We've got a ton of new creative, innovative fantasy baseball tools and content for you in our draft guide this year. Get over there and check that one out. If you're a football fanatic and you're going all the way through the playoffs, obviously my championship round rankings and projections are up. We've got dynasty rankings and uh, our guy Russell Clay is a great dynasty article up as we speak, just breaking it all down for you, adding some of his Soon to be rookies next year's draft 2023 NFL draft prospects into the dynasty rankings as well. I've got my 2023 rankings over there also. So get over there. Fantasyguru.com is the place to be. Check that out. Find me, Jeff Mans, everywhere on social media at Jeff Underscore Mans on Twitter. Everywhere else, it's the Jeff Mans on all one word. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. All right. So, football season is sort of winding down. The content you would think maybe isn't as profound as it's it is during the regular season. Though I will contend that I've got a, I'm busier now than I have been maybe all season. Mostly because I'm putting together the quarterback camp that we did on the radio show, running back camp, we'll do wide receiver camp next week. As a matter of fact, as well, we've got Super Bowl week coming up. I'm real excited about the Super Bowl. Our betting guide over at FantasyGuru.com is pure fire. If you followed my bets this past weekend, you followed our entire teams. I went nine and two, up eight and a half units in one week of playoff football. Tyler Beaker, CJ Kaltenbach, the crew, Ted Schuster, just crushing it over there as well. And our Super Bowl props man, we will show you how to make damn money. That is what we do, everybody. So um, follow along with that. I'll get my single-game parlay for the championship week coming up at the end of this episode. So we've got that going on. I will recap the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. I've got some lot of thoughts about playoffs and credibility, who gets blame. a lot of thoughts on that. And obviously – This show, you should have heard as we rolled the intro, it is uncensored, so there will be cursing. I'm also going to talk about hot-button topics. I'm not afraid to offend you based on race, religion, uh, any other bullshit that people get offended by. I will probably offend you, so if you're one of those sensitive types, then this show is not for you. I would tune out. Definitely don't have the kids in the car, or any sensitive ears, wear the AirPods or the headphones or be in a room away from people because this is going to get dirty. That's what we do. When I say I'll offend you based on religion and shit, you remember, I don't give a fuck. I don't care anything about your religion or anybody's religion. Like, I I love all people. I mean that. I don't have room for... I don't even think about somebody based on their religious or any of those beliefs. I, I think everybody should have their own faith and their own, um, beliefs. And that's you know, to each their own. As long as it's not getting in my way, doing harm to others or anything, you know, too kinky or weird. then you know, I I'm for all people, I'm just not going to sit here and abide by all your rules and regulations and thought processes. And I don't expect you to do the same with mine. That's why this is one man's opinion. It's what we do on the show. All right. So uh, that's, that's what I mean by that everybody. And you know, that's kind of something I want to talk about today is the world at large and responsibility and who gets assigned blame and who doesn't get assigned blame. And I'll dive into that. Uh, Let's dive into it right now. The divisional round recap and think, you talk about the NFL playoffs a little bit. Um, Jaguars, Kansas City, Jaguars were just happy to be there. I only lost by a touchdown. Mahomes didn't play for a quarter of the game and had one leg for the rest of it. Looks like he's going to play, which is stunning, which that's the kind of shit that I don't like. I don't like... I don't like bullshit. I don't like lies. I don't like deceit. I don't like any of that kind of shit. Like, I am not. I I hate it. I And, man, the older I get, I'm getting worse. I have no time for it. Like, you guys that have followed my work through the years, uh, Scout Fantasy Football and Fantasy Alarm and, guru elite and elite fantasy and fantasy guru, all that, you know, I've had to deal with a lot of bullshit from a lot of people that believe in bullshit and, you know, things that I'm just not into and what have you. And again, be with God. I don't, I am no good in anybody's way. Believe what you want, but I, I really don't have time to spend on the more Hamlin's dead bullshit conspiracies. Like I just don't fucking have time for it. You know what I mean? I, I, I believe in you guys. I believe in the listeners. I believe you're smart. We all get tricked. I got, uh, I'll, I'll, I could tell you a story. I got tricked on PayPal like a year ago, right? I post something fucking, I got hoodwinked and sent money to a fucking, who the hell knows? It was a disaster and stupid. And I get, so we get tricked from time to time and it sucks, but admit that you got tricked don't try to make all these fucking excuses like you didn't. Damar Hamlin's alive, dumb fucks. Like, good God. he, Folks, people don't keep secrets. I don't know if you knew this. When B, or B, Arthur, Betty White was dying, we had reports on her dying two hours before she was actually dead. That happened recently with somebody else I can't remember. People cannot fucking wait they cannot wait to announce death or tell everybody some news. This couple broke up, this guy is secretly gay, or this guy cheated on his wife, or this girl did the they guys, gossip is the biggest natural resource of the United States of America. There are no conspiracies. The conspiracies are just dumb people doing dumb things. Government can't keep a secret. NFL can't keep a secret. The dumbest thing I've ever heard. So I hate that kind of bullshit. It takes up valuable time from all of us that we could be spending. I don't care for shit. Playing with your dick. Play with your dick more than spend any time with DeMar Hamlin's dead. Dumbest fucking thing. Was it weird that they showed him through the snow? Absolutely. Very odd. Very strange. But who gives a shit? And don't give me this bullshit. Well, the NFL doesn't want to everybody know he died because then they'd have a problem. No, they wouldn't. You ignorant motherfuckers. If Demar Hamlin died or anybody died on the field, the NFL's ratings would skyrocket. Think about it. Think about. I mean, nobody. People aren't tuning out because it's more violent. Have you seen the UFC, hockey? People love fights. They love heads exploding. They love violence. The Fast and the Furious, these bullshit movies, that, that's what people love. If human beings had a reasonable belief that somebody could die in a football field at any given moment, they everybody would tune in every fucking second. They wouldn't get up. They would wear diapers to watch games. They wouldn't leave their chair. So don't give me that bullshit. Well, the NFL, would have a lot of explaining to do. No, they wouldn't. It would be great for them, quite frankly. And it's as pathetic as it is. It's what it would be. So anyway, I don't have time for bullshit. All right. So that's me. And, you know, the Chiefs-Jag game, they won going away, Kansas City. The final score wasn't as close. But Jacksonville was just kind of, happy to be there and Patrick Mahomes will play and he'll be okay I don't understand why he can play and other players are out four to six weeks with the same high ankle sprain as they call it I don't get it whatsoever but that is just me and uh I hate different rules for different different strokes for different folks it's one thing if you're living your life but not in the rules of a game or a sports league to me that's bullshit Giants in Philly. Giants, again, happy to be there. Had a great season. Great to see the Eagles roll, though. Because the Eagles are a powerhouse. This is the game, the NFC Championship game, that we've all known was going to happen since freaking September. 49ers and Eagle, October at the very least. Right? This is the one we want. 49ers and Eagles. Clearly the two best teams in the NFC. Clearly. So... Good to see that Jalen Hurts was back. We knew it on the first drive of the game. Not right away, not with the big pass to Devontae Smith. No, it was the two consecutive runs that gained, I think, a total. One was six yards, one was like minus a yard. So like five yards, but that showed us that Jalen Hurts was ready to go, not afraid of taking hits, and he he was back to being pre-shoulder injury Jalen Hurts. And the Giants will have offseason decisions to make. They got to get weapons for Daniel Jones. Got to re-sign Saquon Barkley. The defense is a long way to go because they got they got gashed 268 yards on the ground to Philadelphia. They've got to figure out their run defense, and they need to improve their secondary as well. So there's a lot of upgrades needed, but a great first step for the New York Giants. Cincinnati and Buffalo. This is the game. Hamlin was at but we couldn't see him through the snow and I mean Buffalo got their asses kicked Cincinnati whooped that ass and Buffalo's getting almost no slack for it I mean they got their fucking asses kicked the Buffalo Bills were all of our preseason darlings including mine My pick at the start of the playoff, start of the season to go to the Super Bowl, start of the playoffs to go to the Super Bowl, and I was wrong. And they almost lost to the Dolphins. Now they get their asses whooped. They are not in the class of Kansas City or Cincinnati. When did that happen? We don't know. Do you know why we don't know? Because none of us talked about it. I don't know why everybody's afraid to say how bad the Buffalo Bills have been. And Josh Allen specifically has been absolutely a miserable passer since week six. It's just so happened. that's the week they beat Kansas City. No blame at all. We're praising Joe Burrow and rightfully so. Joe Burrow is just that dude. We know he's that dude. We know he is. He's not afraid of anybody. He's not afraid of anything. I contend that this is how a lot of us could live our lives. If not for social media or or just the fear of social media. The fear of non-acceptance, the fear that we're going to lose, the fear of failure, that's it. Could be so. You guys could be so much better. All of us could be better. Sports bettors, DFS players, fantasy players, husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, daughters, sons. We could be better. But everyone's scared to death to do anything wrong. Joe Burrow doesn't care if he's wrong. He goes and flings it. He throws a terrible interception he has some of the worst interceptions on the entire season and what do he he had double digits again this year so like you know it's Joe burrow hasn't just ran away with the league this year right or even last game that's not what he's done at all but he constantly he, he will keep going. He'll make the mistake, and he'll get right back on and do the same fucking thing. He doesn't care. He's not in his head. He's confident. It's not arrogance. It will be soon because we're all going to build him up. Yeah, 12 interceptions on the year. It's not arrogance yet. It's borderline arrogance, but he just he just believes in himself. He just knows and trusts what he can do. So he goes into Buffalo and slays the dragon. They didn't give a shit. All of us made a big deal. It's not a, it should be a, a neutral site game. It's not fair that they didn't play that game with DeMar Hamlin. No, it wasn't. They, Cincinnati Bengals, they said one thing about it, and maybe Eli Apple tweets about it. But no, Joe Burrow, the real Jamar Chase, they don't give a shit. They're like, we'll beat you here, we'll beat you there. But they don't give a fuck. We're going to do this thing, and all of us need that mentality. And they went in and and whooped that ass. Beat the shit out of the Buffalo Bills. Bills were not in that game for a second. Not for a second or they really did we ever think, oh, that Cincinnati was not in control of that ballgame. But again, nothing on Buffalo's side. Nothing on Buffalo. Meanwhile, Dallas and San Francisco, this is a close game. This is a close game. One touchdown. And by the way, like I mean, Dallas deserves some blame. Dallas Cowboys are getting obliterated all week long. Well, the Buffalo Bills walk around scot-free. How did the Bills get away scot-free? How is where do I sign up? Is there a plan somewhere where I can just sign on a list and no matter what I do, how much I fail or lose or anything else, I just walk out scot-free like it's no problem? I want that job. Can I get that job? Please sign me up. You guys at Jeff underscore mans on Twitter. Hit me up if you know where I can get that plant because I'm in. No problems ever. The Cowboys don't have it. The Cowboys are thrown under the bus every freaking moment of the Everything the Cowboys do is scrutinized and is blamed. Now, they should have never let Brett Mayer kick. That was fucking ridiculous. I mean ridiculous, by the way. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, um there is a real big difference in that ball game. If Mayer makes that first kick and it's seven to three, you, the, the 49ers suddenly the pressure. Um is different. It's seven to three, it's seven to six. That field goal at the end of the half, the Robbie Gold long 50 plus yarder, that was to give them the lead. They were down at that point. That whole drive would have been different if it wasn't tied, as opposed to San Francisco plays that differently. And then of course, Mayor makes two kicks. Okay. If that game is 19 to 13 with whatever, two minutes, 50 seconds, whenever when the uh, Cowboys got the ball. Now you're talking about different defensive alignment because the 49ers aren't just sitting there. Remember, with a seven-point lead and a kicker who is probably 50-50 at best to make that extra point, the 49ers were allowed to play their proper defense. And they, they fucked around a little bit. And they went into prevent and they lit, they gave the Cowboys the sidelines for the first few plays. And then they started taking it away. The difference is if they would have taken those sidelines, they couldn't have taken the side. And the Cowboys moved the football, mind you. If the 49ers were down six points and not seven, they couldn't have, they had to, they would have absolutely had to protect. The entire time against that, uh, against the deep pass down the middle, the CD Lamb in the slot, they would have had to do that. Thus, the Cowboys could, could have kept moving down, moving down, moving down the field the way they started to. So, it's a different game if he makes that kick. So, that's where the Cowboys blew it. But the fact that Cowboys lost by one score in the divisional round, what did we all think? What did anybody think the Cowboys were? Did you really think they were better than that? I mean, yeah, as a Cowboy fan, you hope your team you know, performs better than expectations, but your expectations were this is maybe a playoff team, and they won a playoff game. They got to the, the divisional round, and on the road, they were, had the ball. Technically, even if they went for two-point conversion, they, the game was in their hands. Cowboys controlled their destiny. You can't really ask for much more than that. The Eagles were the class of that league the entire season, and the 49ers were second. The Cowboys weren't in that picture, so they finished right where they should have finished. You run this simulation a thousand times, that's where they finish, but yet people are all pissed off. The only thing you can be pissed off is that Cowboy fans value their players more than the rest of the world. This is why being a super fanboy of a team is idiotic. You think Dak Prescott's better than he really is. You think CeeDee Lamb is better than he really is. You think Zeke Elliott or Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard ain't shit. Give me a break. Cowboy fans say Tony Pollard's going to be a $10 million a year. Nobody's paying him that. Nobody. This is a guy who's going to go to a new situation and be a committee player just like he was in Dallas. He'll get maybe 5 to $6 million max on his contract. That's all he is. Ridiculous. He's just not good. We There's Tony Pollard's all over the league. And if Tony Pollard was on, or if uh, other running backs were Kareem Hunt or freaking um, James Robinson went healthy or somebody like that was on the Cowboys, they would have done what Tony Pollard did. Stop overvaluing your franchise and your players. You finished exactly where you're supposed to. But the Buffalo Bills are the team that should have should be getting obliterated the way the Cowboys were. Let's look at that. I want to look at something because here is the thing: we have this perception perception in our heads about organizations in sports, and with the NFL, it gets focused on way more than any other sport. I think it's like how bad are, the the you want to know why the NFL is the best sport right now, why everybody loves it so much. It's because they have a very, very, very good recent history of many different markets believing they're competitive. What I mean by that is there are not very long playoff droughts in the NFL. In other sports, it's common 10, 20, 30 years 30 years is a long time, but there are plenty. Even NHL teams and NBA teams that allow half the fucking league in, there are very few. And then when you get to it, there's very few teams that haven't been to a Super Bowl or championship game or that. So let's look at the longest Super Bowl droughts in the NFL. All right. The longest real Super Bowl drought is the New York Jets. 1968, right? The 68 season, they went to Super Bowl three. So, it's that, 54 years now? Something like that. 54 years since they've been to a Super Bowl. It's a long fucking time. That's forever. Now, it's easy to say, well, Jacksonville, Houston, they've never been to a Super Bowl, and that's very fair. Because but these teams have only existed since the 1990s, 2000 for uh, or 90 or wasn't Houston was 99, right or 2000. Okay, so they've never made it. Detroit Lions is probably the worst team though. They've never made it, and they've been around since the 60s. That's the most unbelievable one. That's the Detroit Lions. That's insane to have that long. Of a franchise and never even be in the Super Bowl. Not, we're not even talking winning one, just being in it. It's incredible. But other teams, so like the Jets, is a long time since nineteen sixty eight. The Minnesota Vikings hasn't been haven't been to a Super Bowl. Should have made it in ninety eight. They didn't. That's unbelievable. Gary Anderson nineteen seventy six. Since they've been in it. Oh, the Cleveland Browns actually actually Cleveland's. Never been to the Super Bowl either. Yeah, Cleveland's never been to the Super Bowl. They haven't won a champ. They won the, what, like, right before the Super Bowl. Wasn't it 65? Browns fans will correct me on this. But they, they won the championship, but they didn't go to a Super Bowl. Right? So the Browns are another one that's just never made it. They won a 1964 championship. So that's and then. Two years later, they started the Super Bowl and went to conference finals and '60s and everything else, and were all dominated the '80s. One of the most successful franchises in football in the '80s, and have been dog shit since and to the point they lost their fucking franchise after 1995, and now started back in 1999. So if you but you take the Browns' history. No Super Bowl appearances there. So the Browns and the Lions, how great of a Super Bowl, by the way, would that be? See, one of those two teams. To me, that's what I love. Other teams that have gone a long time, uh, the Miami Dolphins, last Super Bowl for them was 1984, Dan Marino's rookie year, when he threw the 47 touchdowns, right? 49 touchdowns, incredible year. The Dolphins, that's why it's so funny that they had the Dolphins receipts Dolphins receipts, like, dude, they fucking blow. This organization is so shitty. It's unbelievable. That's a bottom feeder, bottom feeder organization. Other long droughts, the Buffalo Bills haven't been there since four in a row. Last season was 1993. The year after that, the ones who dethroned them, the Chargers, 1994, they haven't been back to a Super Bowl since. The Washington Commanders, 1991, they won the Super Bowl. Mark Rippon won that Super Bowl. They haven't been back. Other teams that have not been to a Super Bowl. There are 11 teams that have not been to a Super Bowl in this century. So that's 22 seasons. They are the Buffalo Bills, Cleveland Browns, Dallas Cowboys, 1995. So I get why Cowboy fans are upset. Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. Um Houston Texans, of course, Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, the Chargers, Dolphins, Vikings, Jets. It's 12 teams. Titans. Titans were there in 99, so one year before the turn of the century, but still. And then Washington Commanders. It's was 12 teams. Man, you know, Um over a third of the league has not been in the Super Bowl. In that time, well, what about one step away, championship game? And this is where, this is where it gets even more telling. I think this is the point to to make it this far. It's kind of like being in the championship game of your fantasy league, and you you end up not winning it, but you get there several years in a row. It's a big accomplishment, right? Now all of a sudden, we go from twelve teams to six teams that have not been there in the conference championship in this century. All right. And the only team to never have been in a conference championship is the Houston Texans. It's the only team, right? Even you know, Jaguars, Panthers, all these new teams from the nineties, they all made it. The longest drought of teams since then, uh, besides the Texans is the Cleveland Browns. that got there in 1989. We know that lost the Broncos. But then you got the Detroit Lions. They Lions have only been that's why they're such a, you got to feel bad for Lions fans. If you're a Lions fan, man, my heart is with you guys. 1991, your only championship game appearance in franchise fucking history. That's crazy. That is absolutely bananas to me. Really should've been there this year. But it should have been in not the conference championship, but the uh, playoffs. But that that team was a great team 12 and four with uh, uh, Eric Kramer, Barry Sanders, Paramount, Herman Moore. Shit. Hella good team, but just did not work out. Now, the Lions won championships in the 50s. It's when they sort of established themselves, but not in the Super Bowl era. And, I mean, they don't even go to the playoffs much. Detroit's last championship round was 1991. 1992 was the last time the Miami Dolphins played in the championship. So The Miami Dolphins haven't been the AFC championship game since Dan Marino. Since, like, eight years before Dan Marino retired. That's, again, one of the worst organizations in sports. Same with the Washington Commanders. They haven't been to an NFC Championship game since they won the Super Bowl, their Super Bowl winning year of 1991. They haven't been there since then. Detroit, same year. So two two cha- in 1991, the Was- Washington and Detroit in the Conference Championship. Washington went on, would never come back. That year is cursed. And then right after that, it's the Dallas Cowboys. They're the only other team... To have not made a conference championship since 1995, and that's surprising to me. I mean, think about all these teams. My Chicago Bears get blasted all the time. Oh, Bears shit organization, shit organizations. Like, well, yeah, but they were in the playoffs two years ago. They were in the conference championship. If Jay Cutler doesn't get hurt, they Aaron Rodgers never wins a, a Super Bowl in 2010. They went to the Super Bowl in 2006. Won the Super Bowl in 85, one of the greatest teams ever. It's it's not a great organization, but it's not the worst thing ever either. You know, it's really surprising that Dallas Cowboys, all their history and plenty of playoff appearances since then. In fact, in the decade of the 90s, 1991 through 1999, only one year, 1997, that the Cowboys not make the playoffs. Bananas. I mean, that's just pure domination from for an entire decade. But haven't been back to a conference championship. Every other team has been to a, a conference championship game at least since 2000. Cardinals 2015, Falcons 2016, the Ravens 2012, Bills 2020, Carolina 2015. They went to the Super Bowl that year. The Bears 2010. Cincinnati this year, obviously. Cleveland 1989, Dallas 1995, Denver 2015 when they won the Super Bowl. That, that's one of the longer droughts, by the way. It's kind of weird. Uh, I'll get to the Broncos in a minute. Detroit 1991, Green Bay 2020. The Texans never went. The Colts 2014. The Jaguars 2017. The Chiefs this year, of course. They've hosted the last four. The Raiders, that's a long drought, 2002. The Chargers got there in 2007. Should have won that one, by the way. 2021 for the Rams, that was last year's champion. The Dolphins, 1992. The Vikings were there in 2017. Patriots in 2018. Saints in 2018. The Giants in 2011, Eli Manning. The Jets even, fucking Jets complained. Everyone complains. It's a long Super Bowl drought, but they weren't conference championships. 2010, it's more recent than a lot of other teams. I think the Jets get a pretty, Jets have passionate fans, and they haven't won a Super Bowl or even been to a Super Bowl in a long time. And trust me, the, the playoff drought, I'll get to that in a minute. But, I mean, at least they went to back-to-back championship games in 09 and, and 2010. They were there in the late 80s or 90s, somewhere, 1998, 1982. Like, the Jets, uh, it's been droughts. So I'm not going to, you know, the playoff wins aren't there, a ton of them, but you've, they've gotten far and won some games. I think they get a bad rap. The Eagles, obviously, in it this year. The Steelers were AFC Championship game in 2016. The 49ers this year. Seahawks, 2014. Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl, won the championship 2020. The Titans were in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs two years ago or three years ago, 2019. And then the Commanders, 1991. How about the divisional round of the playoffs? Now, here's where you start seeing, like, oh, shit. These are the true, wow, these organizations suck donkey balls. Only two teams, only two franchises have not been to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs since the year 2000. Two teams. Can you name them? Probably not. Well, you probably can, at least one. Detroit Lions, 1991. That 91 season, that's it. Fucking Lions, as far as they've gotten. The other one is, yeah, the lowly Miami Dolphins who want to talk shit. 2000 was the last time they were even in the divisional round of the playoffs. I mean, come on. Talk shit when you haven't been to the divisional round of the playoffs since then, since Dave freaking wants it. Awful. Just awful. Other teams, it's been a while, but the Cardinals 2015, Falcons 2017, Ravens 2020, Buffalo 2020 this year, obviously. Carolina 2015, the Bears 2010. It's been a while for the Bears. That's a long drought when you look at other teams. The Bengals this year, the Browns 2020, Dallas this year, Cowboys. The Broncos 2015, that's one of the longer droughts. I mentioned the Lions 91, the Packers last year. Even the Texans, never won a Super Bowl, never been in a championship game, but 2019, they got to the divisional round. Colts 2018. Jaguars, Chiefs did it this year. The Raiders, that's the other one. Sneaky Raiders have a lot of championships from the past. It's been 2002 since the Raiders have been to a divisional round of the AFC playoffs chargers were there in 2018 the rams last year mentioned the dolphins since 2000 the vikings were there in 2019 patriots were there in 2018 saints in 2020 giants this year the jets it's been since 2010 so that's the thing with the jets the jets have been dog shit since 2010 that was their last playoff appearance that was their last divisional round that's the last championship appearance Philadelphia, obviously, this year. Steelers, 2017. 49ers, this year. Seattle, 2019. Tampa Bay, last year. Tennessee, last year. And the Commanders, been a long time, 2005, since they've seen the divisional round. Longest playoff droughts. I mean, the Jets have the longest playoff drought, 2010. Every other team. The next highest is, believe it or not, Denver Broncos, 2015. Lions, 2016. Carolina, and Atlanta 2017. That's your longest playoff droughts. So they have a lot of teams making the playoffs in the NFL nowadays. So if you want to complain and talk about shitty organizations and all that, it's the Lions. It's the Dolphins. I'll give you the Texans, but it was looking really good with Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins a couple years ago. They disintegrated that organization. And you can blame Bill O'Brien all you want. It wasn't that. It was the ownership. So the dad, the McNair, uh, Cal McNair, I believe, dying, son taken over, and it's just c- completely catapulted, destroyed, I mean, that organization. The Jets, eh, 2010. The Jets have had the worst decade, and they have a long Super Bowl drought, but at least they made it. And fuck, they won. <laughs> At least you won a championship at some point. So, no, I'm not buying that with the worst organizations right there. Um, All right. Speaking of Super Bowls, I probably should talk about – I want to talk about how many of you are going to Super Bowl 57 here in Arizona? If so, you might want to come by the convention center Monday through Friday. We are going to be broadcasting live from – the Super Bowl experience from Radio Row the entire week, Monday through Friday. And I'm very excited to say that our entire group, me, Ted Schuster, Ray Flowers, Phil Backert, Sandro Anello are all gonna be there on site, hanging out, broadcasting live, having fun, interacting. We've got meet and greets lined up. We are gonna party that entire week. It's gonna be a blast. So if you're in the area, one to three local time is when the program will be on. You can see us live. We'll be hanging out after the shows and everything else. So it's going to be a great time, and I'm super pumped up about it. And it's going to be great to spend some time with the dudes here in the desert, and we'll show them a good time, and we'll get some Dutch bros and do all the local Arizona fair that I talk about all the time. We'll enjoy that sunlight and warm weather too. So hopefully we can run into as many of the, of the elite mafia as will be out there. If you're in the area, love to, uh, you know, come high five and talk some shop with you guys as well. So that's that I'm real excited about it. The broadcast will be fun. I'll be, you know, just having a good time throughout. Let's get into some of the other news around the NFL. A couple of things. Let's I went through this on the XM show, um, was it two weeks ago? It was only last week, I think, about where I think who's the new starting quarterback will be for every NFL team. So I'll reiterate that on the show, uh, on this show, I guess, right now. Um, I guess I'll go through everyone. I think that the teams that Arizona's going to be Kyler Murray, Atlanta, I think will be... It's going to be Desmond Ritter. I do think that Atlanta's an underdog team to get a different quarterback, like maybe make a play. I don't think they're going to get Brady or Carr or Rogers, but they could be. They may be a sneaky team for one of these veteran type quarterbacks. But for now, I'll say Desmond Ritter, Lamar Jackson will be in Baltimore, Josh Allen in Buffalo. Carolina. My prediction for Carolina was Derek Carr. I think he ends up being the starter. I think David Tepper is going to throw the house at him. I think it'll be a mutual package with whoever the new head coach and coordinator is in Carolina. And Derek Carr is going to be the one that lands there. Chicago will have Justin Fields, the Bengals, Joe Shiesty. The Browns, Deshaun Watson, of course, Dallas Cowboys. It will be Dak Prescott, like it or not, everybody again. Denver's could be Russell Wilson, like it or not, again. Detroit, it's going to be Jared Goff. I don't think they make a play. They may bring in a young guy. It won't be the first-round pick, though, I'll tell you that. Green Bay, this is where I'm making the bold predictions. It's Jordan Love. Jordan Love hands it up. Aaron Rodgers is gone. I I think we've seen the last of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I really do. I think it's just time, and that it's run its course. Houston Texans. I think the Houston Texans wind up with Bryce Young, rookie out of Alabama. They are the organization that does not know how to evaluate talent, and thus will bring in a five foot ten and a half inch quarterback. With a moderate arm and moderate escapability and moderate tools, they're going to bring him in because, well, everybody else likes him, so he must be good. Uh, I don't like the pick, but that's what they're going to do. That's what the text. That's will be his. He'll be the starting quarterback this year. Indianapolis Colts. They will end up doing it right and get C.J. Stroud with their draft pick. They may probably move up with Chicago to do so. Jacksonville will be Trevor Lawrence. Geez, Kansas City, I wonder. Patrick Mahomes, Las Vegas Raiders. That's where I got Aaron Rodgers going. I got Aaron Rodgers reuniting with Devontae Adams in Las Vegas. I think that's Josh McDaniels. I think they had this plan all along. I think he's scurvy enough to have had conversations that that's what's going to end up happening. So Rodgers to Las Vegas, the Chargers, Justin Herbert, The Rams, a lot of unknowns as of this broadcast, but I'll say Matt Stafford for now because Sean McVay is staying. Miami, Tuatongo Vailoa, Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, New England, Patriots. Patriots are another dark horse. They're going to make some sort of play. For now, I have Mac Jones. It wouldn't surprise me if they went to Bailey Zappi or somebody. I think Belichick is smart enough to know that Jones ain't it. Mac Jones isn't bad. He's just not good. If you don't, that's being not good is not good enough in modern NFL, not at the quarterback position. All right. I mean, you just can't Oh, 49ers one with Brock Purdy. Right. If you build an amazing offensive and defensive line, a great group of linebackers, uh, all world two all pro receivers, one of the top running backs in the league and one of the top three Tight ends in the league, okay. But you can't just build that in a year or two. And New England's not going to do it that way. At least not now. So, um New Orleans. New Orleans is a potential landing spot. I've got Baker Mayfield winding up there. I think that's a spot. They'll let Baker come in, in the bayou. Be somebody they could rally around. I wouldn't doubt if... Jameis Winston was kept on as well, but I think ultimately that's, I got May, Mayfield going in new Orleans, Nolens And that giants love Daniel Jones back. They're going to resign him. I think we saw enough out of, they saw enough out of him to do make that move. The jets, the jets are going to get Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got a relationship with Robert Sala there, the head coach of the New York jets. I think it's the perfect veteran press presence. I think New York loves their handsome quarterbacks. That's what they do, from fucking Joe Namath to Vinny Testaverde to Mark Sanchez to Zach Wilson. You guys all have a thing for looks in that organization. It's very homoerotic, and it is creepy, but you'll get Jimmy Grapple. I think it's a good thing for the Jets. Eagles, Jalen Hurts, of course. Pittsburgh are going to go Kenny Pickett. Going to need to see a lot more out of Pickett in year two, um, always give the quarterback the second year before you make that decision, though. San Francisco, I think Trey Lance, this is the only place I think Tom Brady could play. Both Brady and Aaron Rodgers want to be in San Francisco, this is both of their number one, but at the end of the day. Brady's the one that can make it work. There's no way San Francisco's going to draft capital for Rodgers. So Brady being a free agent, get something done, that could happen. But I say it just being Trey Lance and Brock Purdy again. That's what I think is going to end up happening. You've got these guys on the rookie deals. Even if they end up winning the Super Bowl, that's how I think it goes in San Francisco. It's one of the most difficult off-seasons in professional sports history is what the 49ers are going to go through. So enjoy this playoff ride. Hope it doesn't end on Sunday. Uh, Seattle is another one. They're going to go with Geno Smith, but they're also, the Seattle Seahawks, are going to use their, like they have the number five pick in the draft that they got from Denver Broncos. They're going to use that on Will Levis from Kentucky. So Geno Smith is going to be the starter in week one, but Will Levis will be brought in. And he will be behind Geno Smith, and he'll be the heir apparent in Seattle. And They won't push him because they are confident. And they like what they saw in Geno this year. And I think that's a nice luxury to have, too, if you're the Seattle Seahawks. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no Brady. No Brady. So I think it's going to be Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask, second-round pick from two years ago, mentored under Brady last two years, two seasons, he's going to get the reins. It's going to be a complete and utter rebuild for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus Tom Brady this year. Tennessee Titans, another one that's really up in the air. I say they'll still keep Tannehill. It's kind of hard to get rid of that contract. There is a potential out there. Tennessee's another wild card team, but at the end of the day, I think it will be Ryan Tannehill and then the Washington Commanders. Who knows what they're ever going to do, but Washington as much as they hate Carson Wentz, I think they're going to keep, I think they're going to keep Carson Wentz and they're going to bring in Sam Darnold. So it's going to be another one of those years for the Washington commanders, which is just the worst place to be. Isn't it the worst? I feel it's just awful. So there you go, everybody. That's my quarterback predictions in case you missed it on the XM show. Um, Let's get into some previews for this coming weekend, the championship round of the divisional or division of the NFL playoffs, San Francisco, Philadelphia. Let's just talk about how it is. I'll give you some DFS stuff as well. Um, I am fascinated. I love the matchups. These are going to be two good games. In my opinion on Sunday, because the, Good teams, okay. They're great teams. These are four of the best teams in the league. Everybody knows that nobody... There's no surprises here. You know, maybe you're like, oh, Cincinnati, ooh. But, you know, we all know they're fucking good, right? They're great. So, and they went to the Super Bowl last year and they haven't been beaten. Nobody's beaten them in the AFC yet. So, uh, why would you think anything now? But what I love about these matchups, they're clear paths to victory for all four teams. It's simply... About executing. That's it. And who could slow the other person's advantage down the most? So San Francisco, Philadelphia, for instance. 49ers are very hard to run against. Like they are very hard to run against. And I've contended all season long that the reason they haven't been ran against is because nobody can. I mean, that's the by the way, the 49ers haven't lost since Chris McCaffrey's gotten there. They lost that game against Kansas City, but he only played limited snaps. They have not literally not lost since he's got there. So, for what that's worth, you can't run against them. Nobody has. And the Cowboys tried and they crumbled Pollard and Zeke last week. So the secondary is really what you have to attack of the San Francisco 49ers because here's what they do. They stop the run, and they have the best pass rusher in the world in Nick Bosa, or second best. I think Miles Garrett's best overall. Oh, pure pass rusher. I think Nick Bosa is better, just pure pass rush, He is insane. So that's the problem. You can't get deep on them. So it's going to be a matter of how – how much Jalen Hurts is willing, and they're able to neutralize Nick Bosa, let those receivers get up on those San Francisco corners and make big plays. That's the Eagles. Eagles, that's their path. They love to run the ball. The best matchup in the world for the Eagles was last week against Giants. They love teams. They want to be able to run the ball with Hurts and Sanders and Gainwell and Scott. Not this week. That shit ain't working. So that's how it's going to, it's A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's bitching about not getting the ball. Well, you're going to get the ball this week. Him and Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard, Quez Watkins. On the other side of the football, it's the opposite. Can't throw against Philadelphia. They'll fuck pick it off. Brock Purdy. You think I'm not going to bet the Brock Purdy interception prop again? You bet your sweet ass I am. 100% going to bet that right back to the well. He put the ball in danger three times against Dallas. Do that against Philadelphia, and then you'll get three interceptions. At least one. So, you, the 49ers, are going to have to run. You have to run against Philadelphia. The Eagles are low-key bad against the run and have been most of the year. Now, they have done an amazing job, Philadelphia, at disguising, ever since Jordan Davis went down in the early portion of the season and then return later on, you know, they went out and gotten a down Kong and Linval Joseph, and they've done all they possibly can to slow down opposing running games. But they were still 16th in the league at yards on the ground, rushing. They were ninth worst yards per attempt on the ground, running the football. They gave up a hundred or more yards on the ground, in all but one of their final eight games. And that was a, a game that was surprisingly against the Tennessee Titans, but that's another one where they got up 35 to 10 or they got up. Uh, they got up three scores early and it was just iced the rest of the game, but that this team is about the ground game. So it's going to be Chris McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, on the ground it's going to be all about it's not about brock purdy they're the whole key here for the 49ers and kyle Shannon is do not let brock purdy put that ball into danger run the football keep jalen hurts and that offense off the field as much pick up chunks yardage on the ground and win the game that way so two. that's it's clear if San Francisco comes out throwing the ball all over, they're going to lose. If Philadelphia comes out trying to run, 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 they're going to lose. Cincinnati and Kansas City, it's the exact same freaking thing. For the Cincinnati Bengals, they have shown they can destroy and have destroyed this, the Kansas City Chiefs through the air. Absolutely bona fide demolish these fools. And the Chiefs, have given up third-most fantasy points to quarterbacks. The Chiefs gave up the most touchdown passes in the league this year. The Chiefs were 11th-fewest interceptions this year. 12th-least turnovers in general this year. Now, they were only 16th in total points against, but a lot of luck comes that The Chiefs stopped the run. Chiefs gave up the eighth-most rushing yards only this season. So Kansas City, you need to throw the ball. By the way, fuck it. That's what Joe Shiesty wants to do anyway. And every time that Joe Burrow plays these animals, he shreds the ever-loving shit out of them. Right? He averages 336 yards passing against them. He's thrown eight touchdowns in three meetings against the Chiefs. He has won all three games. Now, granted, all three games were by a field goal only. But, I mean, that's a pretty amazing feat, especially for a third-year quarterback. So that's the way you got to go. On the other side, Kansas City, now we're not used to saying this, but the Chiefs have to run the ball. Cincinnati, their side, defensively for them, Now, I don't trust, I do not trust their corners. Eli Apple talking all that shit on Twitter. I don't necessarily trust it, but we cannot deny the fact that this defense in Cincinnati, you have to run against, or you can run against. 155 yards on the ground to Baltimore, 110 the time before that. You can run. The Chiefs ran for 138 against them. Um uh but, you know this year. I think it was this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they that's how that's what you need to do. Especially with Patrick Mahomes with a bum leg, a high ankle sprain. It's all about Isaiah Pacheco, and we'll see Jarek McKinnon on the ground. Don't be surprised if you see Clyde Edwards Solaire magically be activated for this game either. Think that absolutely happens. They're gonna have to run the ball. Now, Kansas City will always throw in the half to because they got Patrick Frick and Mahomes. But that's the path to winning for them, too. If you're playing one and done, if you're playing any other form of seasonal, if you're playing DFS, those are the players you need to look at. Those are the players that you need to identify and use. And you have know, get a little different with it. Use Clyde Edwards, so if he's activated. Use Tyler Boyd instead of Jamar Chase to get in DFS, or Quest Watkins, or somebody different, or Eli Mitchell instead of McCaffrey, or use both, right? But you have to do something different, especially in DFS this week. But those are the paths for those teams to win. First, identify who you think is going to win, and then you have to say why, and you, you, that's who you invest in here. Okay, and remember, these are the skills that are good for you during the regular season, too. There's just a lot more distractions, a lot less, a lot more games for the same amount of time. But when we could crack down every one of these games, like a little egg, it's nice to have. Um there we go. I've got thoughts on baseball hall of fame. Scott Roland getting Congratulations to him, even though I think it's a travesty. I think baseball is a bunch of scared cucks. Won't let in the best players for no fucking reason. I'll I'll get into that on a future episode. I did that, I did some of that on the uh show with Ray Flowers this week. Um but, yeah, I, I'll get into that next week. Let me get into my single-game parlay, and then let us y'all go for an, another week. By the way, speaking of the Super Bowl, I mentioned how we are all going to be out there on-site at Super Bowl 57. Well, we have what everybody's been asking for. The first time ever, a five-way podcast. Me, Ray, Ted, Sandro, Phil, all in one under one roof all recording a podcast. It may be a three hour podcast, but a Super Bowl preview that's complete. We'll be drinking probably. It's gonna be a blast. So look for that episode coming at you in two weeks from now as well. single game parlay hit three of four this past week. I, I'm still cannot believe that we lost the over in the Cincinnati Buffalo game. the weather and Buffalo didn't show up. Let's just be honest. We were four points away, and if we get that touchdown by Jamar Chase, we would have won instead of the field goal. But nevertheless, I was 9-2, up 8.5 units over at FantasyGuru.com, and we got this shit on lock. I will go for <sighs> – these are two tough games, all right? But here's something when all is said and done. And you have to make a call. I'm going to go to the bengals Kansas City game. And the thing that I talked about last week, and I actually it really worked out in the wild card round when everybody thought that the Dallas Cowboys were going to lose to Tampa Bay. That's that's another funny thing. Everyone thought every 85% of the money came in on Tampa Bay to win that game because everybody thought Dallas was going to lose. And then Dallas wins. And then now everybody's surprised that they lost in the divisional round. What a bunch of fucking idiots. Anyway, everybody th- everybody's assuming that the Cincinnati Bengals are just going to win. That's just across the board what everybody believes. You're going to give me points for the Chiefs at home. That is what everybody is telling me that they're going to do. So I have a moral and fiscal obligation to take the points on that. Chiefs are too good of a team to pass that down. The Chiefs did not lose a single game this year by more than three points. I'm sorry, four points. Right? Lost by three to the Bengals earlier. Okay. Three to the Colts somehow. That one looks weird, doesn't it? And they lost by four to the Bills 24 20. That's their losses this year. All right. You want to go back a year. Cincinnati beat them, but that remember, that was overtime. And they beat them on Evan McPherson field goal. Okay. Three point victory there. They lost the Bengals in Cincinnati by three points. Okay. They did lose to the Titans back in week seven. So it's been since October 24th, 2021. Since the Chiefs have lost a single game by more than three points. Okay. And by the way, they lost two of three games. They lost the Bills by 18, and then they lost a 24 at Tennessee. So that's when they were going through some shit in those weeks last year. So that was Oh, yeah, that's a Mahomes got injured game. That's what Chad Henne was in the fucking game. So there you go. Well, there. So with Patrick Mahomes, they haven't lost the game by more than three, two years. So I'm gonna go ahead and just take the points. All right. So protect myself on that. I'm gonna go plus seven and a half for the Chiefs. All right. It could, it, going three and a half, I think, is a little bit risky. I do worry only concern I have is maybe if Mahomes, if they do get down early, and Mahomes aggravates that ankle, maybe they do just pull him. I don't think Chad Honey will be that terrible, though. He's not Patrick Mahomes, but I'll take seven and a half on that. And then I will go with the over 44 and a half. The line is 46. So I'm only shrinking a little bit, but we have to because we're getting so many points on the Chiefs. But for I don't See how these teams don't go over 44 and a half points. Yeah, almost went over that last week in Buffalo in a snowstorm and the fucking Bills did nothing to contribute, right? So I don't really see them not going over that. Scored 45 last time they faced each other. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident in this game going over that total. Yeah, I mean, it scored 51 last time. I'm sorry, 51, 51, 65, 55, and 57 points in the last five meetings between these two teams. So, yeah, over 44.5 plus 7.5 on the Chiefs. That's your single-game parlay. I'll have those two and a a bunch of prop bets over there at fantasyguru.com for the championship round of the NFL playoffs. Ted schuster got his college basketball bets. We got our guy Sharkbait and our entire team, Jorge Pucks and Ryan Clifford and Nick Rodriguez, NHL betting and CJ Kaltenbach and Armando Marsal and everybody posting NBA bets for you on the regular. So get over there, fantasyguru.com and check him out. Feels like a good place to end this episode, everybody. I've always got more to talk about, but we're a little over an hour. That'll do it for episode 147. I want to thank you for coming out. Thank you for downloading, liking, subscribing, favoriting this podcast. Thank you for spreading the word. Hey, everybody, we would like to produce more episodes. You're going to be very pleased with some upcoming episodes, with our Super Bowl episode and some other ones that we have planned before the end of the season. Remember, we'll take a two-week hiatus at that point and then re re kick up at the end of February. We'll be back at the beginning of March and with all new episodes and brand new season here of one man's opinion. Hopefully you guys are liking it. If you've got ideas, tweet me at Jeff underscore man's the Jeff man's on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and on TikTok. Thanks to our producer, Sean angle for all the work he does, making this sound remotely feasible. Thank you for all of you for listening once again. Best of luck in the championship round. Go get that money, y'all. We will see you next time. You may disagree with some or maybe every damn thing you heard on today's episode. Perfectly all right by us. You know why? Of course you know why. It was just one man's opinion, baby. See you next time, everybody. Do so.